The mission isn't canceled. The work is not over. The need is far greater today than it was a few months ago. And while we may not have or host the traditional mass participation ride, you know, we can't cancel the work. And that really led us down this path of my Pelotonia. This is the James Cancer Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today my guest is Doug Ullman, the president and CEO of Pelotonia. Pelotonia number 12 is coming up soon, and it's going to be different this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Doug will fill us in on all the changes and the creation of my Pelotonia and how thousands and thousands of Pelotonia people from all over central Ohio and beyond have stepped up and created some really inspiring and creative personal challenges and fundraising goals to make this year's Pelotonia really different, unique, and I think it's going to be really special and a lot of fun. Welcome, Doug. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. And Doug, let's start a couple months ago, maybe back in February, I'm guessing, when COVID-19 was new and quickly spreading everywhere and we just didn't really know what was going to happen. When did you and your team begin to realize, hey, we may have to do something different this year to protect our riders because safety is everything and we may not be able to gather 8,000 riders together like we usually do? Yeah, you know, we were very lucky. We actually had a previously scheduled Pelotonia board meeting for right around the time period where this was becoming clear that it was going to be an issue. And so the benefit of that was we had everybody in one room and we were able to talk about what if scenarios um, pretty early on. And, you know, we have members of our board who are at the Cancer Center at the James. We have other people like David Cohn, the chief medical officer, who are actively involved in the organization. So we had access to great information and great medical minds who were able to advise us early on that this was going to have a a pretty significant impact on society, much less Pelotonia and our planning. And what did they say? Like, did they start to say, hey, you better come up with a plan B if we don't do this uh, lockdown, social distancing properly it doesn't look good for August. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of different things that we talked about. One was, and this was early on, and we actually know more now, unfortunately, uh, and this to be true, is that people with cancer are more at risk and they're more vulnerable, Um, not only because of their compromised immune systems, but because they're putting themselves in riskier situations because they have to. They have to go to the hospital, they have to go to treatment and, and expose themselves to more people, even though those people are operating extremely safely. Um, and so there's that aspect. The other aspect is that the healthcare system and the first responders who we rely on to help with planning and executing uh, a three-day weekend with thousands and thousands of people um, were preoccupied and rightfully so. And we didn't want to divert their attention in any way, shape, or form away from sort of uh, the issue at hand, at least early on. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. There's literally hundreds of uh, security personnel and police at all the intersections to make it safe for us. And how would, yeah, and they were needed elsewhere. Yeah, and, and frankly, this was before everything else 
that is now going on in terms of the, the societal unrest around social justice and, and equality. And so I remember David Cohn saying to me early in this pandemic, he said, Doug, you're not going to get the attention of anyone in the healthcare, medical, EMS world anytime in the coming months. They're going to be solely focused on doing their job and doing what they can to protect people from this pandemic. And it was really, um, I just remember hearing those words and thinking, gosh, not only is there a risk for people with cancer and their families who come out to the event and participate and enjoy, um, but there's also uh, a risk to diverting attention away from something that's impacting the, the world at large. So do you remember sort of either the time period, the week when you, you and the board and your team sort of said, all right, we're not going to be able to do it like we normally do. What do we do now? And, and how did you come up with my Pelotonia? Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a psychological disconnect for a lot of us, which was from a factual basis, we knew that the chances of having a traditional ride or an opening ceremony or any event with thousands and thousands of people shoulder to shoulder was not going to happen. At the same time, back in March and April, August felt like months and months away. And so we were sort of optimistically and naively in some ways hoping, well, gosh, maybe this will go away. Maybe there'll be different circumstances. And, and so we were trying to connect the dots between these two disparate thoughts. The thought of this doesn't make sense. It's not responsible. We can't do it the way we always have. And this hope and desire for something that could unite people and rally the community. And that's really where my Pelotonia was, was born because Cindy Hilsheimer, one of our longtime board members said to me during that time period, she said, we will never cancel Pelotonia. I thought at the time, I thought, well, what does she mean? And what she meant was the mission isn't canceled. The work is not over. The need is far greater today than it was a few months ago. And while we may not have or host the traditional mass participation ride, you know, we can't cancel the work. And that really led us down this path of My Pelotonia, which in essence, as you mentioned, it allows people to create their own journey and, and really takes all the guardrails off in terms of any barrier to entry that existed previously. So no registration fee, no putting your credit card in if you don't feel comfortable doing that given the economic uncertainty. Um, doesn't have to be cycling related can be, but it could also be running, walking, or any other type of activity. Um, and so we really just wanted to unleash the entrepreneurial spirit of the community and let them create uh, their, their journey this year. So I, I think I understand, but perhaps you could explain it again, what My Pelotonian is and how people sign up and get to pick what they do and, how much, yeah. and, have, a, and have a fundraising goal. Yeah, the idea was that we know right now things are uncertain. And for many of our longtime riders, they are still going to ride. They're going to pick a distance. They're going to ride. They may ride with friends. They may ride with family. They may ride in small groups. And that's awesome. But we also know there's a whole other community of people out there who, for whatever reason, have not yet ridden. And the My Pelotonia platform allows somebody to go on and, and delineate their goal 
which could be to ride their bike, could be to ride 10 miles with their family, it could be to ride a cumulative number of miles over the summer or the fall, um, but it could also be that they're gonna walk. I know in our neighborhood, we see people out walking every night with their, with their families and their kids um, and getting exercise, and that's a beautiful thing. It could be that they're gonna run a certain number of miles. I know that Hal Paz, the chancellor of the medical center is going to run a certain number of miles over the course of the summer, and he's an avid runner. So we're hoping that the My Pelotonia platform both allows our core riders and, and volunteers and supporters an opportunity to engage, but also allows Pelotonia to open up to a whole new audience that hopefully can help us grow our impact into the future. It seems like it has, because I looked a couple weeks ago on your website at the numbers of people who had registered and it was, and it was in the three thousands. Then I looked like a week or two later and you're already over 7,000 people. So I think this idea is catching on. Yeah. One of the things that we've seen, which has been really inspiring is that um, people who in the past may have been volunteers or may have been virtual riders uh, are really engaging with my Pelotonia. And it's, it's allowing them the opportunity to express their own sort of activity and their own goals. And what I would say about it is we are building My Pelotonia not for 2020. We're building it for 2021 and beyond. So this will not go away. And so one way to think about it is, in essence, the My Pelotonia platform may replace the virtual rider platform. And so this may just be the reincarnation or reimagination of how you participate in Pelotonia if you choose not to be on a bike in central Ohio in early August every year. And so that's why we think this has a tremendous potential long-term. That is such a great idea, and it's such a great way to get more people involved doing other things, particularly people just for whatever reason aren't comfortable riding a bike. And is this something... I've seen so much innovation as a result of COVID-19, and this sounds like just another uh, innovation that came about through COVID-19 that you may not have thought about because there was no need. Yeah, I think like to a certain degree, we had thought a little bit about it, and my colleagues had thought about it, but we never prioritized it, and we probably wouldn't have had the time or the space to do it if we were also operating under a normal cycle of recruitment and engagement and and the actual physical ride and so in some ways you know maybe there's a silver lining here that this gave us the time and the urgency to prioritize making it a reality whereas otherwise maybe we would have let it slip because it was just an idea on a board somewhere that never had planning behind it um before we take a break i think it's important for people to understand why it's so important to continue Pelotonia every year, why Cindy Hilsheimer was so right in saying that the mission continues, that the fund, the money we raise through Pelotonia is just so important. So just to give us a quick summary of the importance of the fundraising and a couple quick things that, that you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, look, we've always had this 100% commitment where every single dollar that's raised is invested in groundbreaking, life-saving research at the James and at Ohio State, and, and that continues. And I would tell you that, and this sounds self-serving for the cause and, and the organization and the work that is being done at the James, but I will tell you that money invested in cancer research today 
is more critical than money invested three months ago or six months ago or six years ago. And this pandemic has changed everything. It has, and rightfully so in some ways, it's diverted resources um, that may have gone to other things to trying to address COVID-19. And we have to do that. So I'm not debating that or, or arguing that. It's delayed uh, people's treatment um, or, or their access to screening in some cases where they've said, yeah, I don't feel comfortable going to a medical setting during the pandemic. Uh, and even I did that. I put off one of my six-month checkups uh, back in May because I just thought, well, you know what, I'll wait a few months and wait till things sort of settle down a little bit before putting myself at potential risk or any additional risk. Um, so as we talked earlier, we also have a population of people who are at higher risk. The mortality rate from COVID-19 is significantly higher in people with cancer. And that shouldn't be the case, but until we solve the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, those, those numbers may not improve dramatically. Um, just this week, there was a, a study out that said that potentially 10,000 more people might die of cancer in the coming months because they didn't get screened early, because they delayed or didn't have access uh, to that timely screening or early detection uh, diagnostic that they might have otherwise had. So this, this COVID-19 issue is not separate and apart from cancer. It's totally interrelated. And I would also say that, you know, the Pelotonia Institute for Immuno-Oncology, you know, is a place where immunologists, world-class immunologists, are also working on things related to COVID-19. They're working on plasma. They're working on sort of things that might treat uh, uh, people with cancer who also have COVID-19. So these are very much intertwined. And I would just say that every dollar that Pelotonia raises now is actually more valuable than the dollars we raised in the past. And I know that may sound counterintuitive, but um, now is the time to actually double down uh, rather than retreat from the mission that this community has made possible. I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it makes perfect sense. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Doug and I are going to talk about our own specific My Pelotonia goals. And I've also collected some of the goals from some of my friends that I'll uh, share with you. And I think, Doug, you have a few of your own from some of your uh, many uh, friends out in the community. So we'll be right back. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Doug Ullman, and we're talking about the changes in Pelotonia this year, and more, most specifically, the My Pelotonia. And Doug, before we forget and move on to the specific things people are going to do, tell us about how you're going to handle opening ceremonies this year. The opening ceremony is always this just amazing and fun Friday night before Pelotonia, but obviously we can't all gather together downtown. So how are you going to handle it this year? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I always describe the opening ceremony as a mix between festival, inspiration, education, and it also feels like a family reunion. You see a lot of people who you might only see once or twice a year, but you know they'll be there. 
and we didn't want to lose out on that feeling. And so we developed a plan to have a live broadcast on August 7th in the evening um, that will bring a lot of that together. It'll bring the community feel, the community engagement. Um, it'll bring a lot of inspiring stories and some entertainment um, and really kick off the weekend uh, with that powerful moment where everybody feels like they're together, even though physically we may not all be in the same spot. Because we know that while you can do your My Pelotonia experience throughout the summer or even the fall, we know so many people will be out that weekend doing their uh, activities. So I'm sure through social media and other sources, you'll let everyone know how to connect to that. And I'm sure you're going to have some, some surprise guests. Are you able to tell us now or do we have to wait and find out later? So we will be streaming that on multiple platforms. So it'll be easy to access for people and we will communicate that out um, in the coming weeks. Uh, we are working on some special guests. As you know, we try to have people participate in the opening ceremony who have a very deep connection to the cause. Um, and so we're talking to some people about uh, participating who may have been with us in the past um, and who may want to uh, continue their engagement, even though it'll be uh, at a distanced, uh, in a distanced way. Um, so stay tuned uh, for more on, uh, on that. But I also want to say that the, the bulk of the program will be talking about the impact and sharing the stories that are coming from the James and, and the scientists who um, are really doing this with us and in partnership. And we want to continue to tell their stories in a significant way. Well, there's a lot of stories to tell, and I, I don't like to self-promote, but we've told a lot of them on this podcast. So feel free to, to look back at our podcasts and, and use some of those people and some of the, the doctors and their patients. Because like you said, to me, that's the most inspirational thing when you have a doctor and a patient together and the, see the bond between them is just amazing. Absolutely. So let's now let's I'm really excited to talk about some of the my Pelotonia goals that people are going to do and, and let's start with you and me what is what are you going to do and and I'm assuming the since you're the head of Pelotonia the pressure is on you to have something big <laughs> <laughs> well i'm I'm excited i uh, I'm going to do a couple of different things uh, first I'm going to ride from Columbus to Cincinnati, which is a ride that I've never done and I've always wanted to do. And so I'm going to ride 100 miles. I'm actually going to do it two weeks before uh, the traditional Pelotonia weekend so I can sort of get it out of the way. And that way I can do some other rides during the weekend with, with other groups in the community. Uh, I'm also going to run 200 miles uh, this uh, summer, which is something I enjoy doing. And then I'm going to participate in some activities with my kids and, and others in the community. So I'm excited. It's always been on my uh, uh, to-do list to ride the, to Cincinnati, which everybody says is a great experience. And I'm finally going to check it off the list. Well, just so you know, if you go from Columbus all the way to Cincinnati, that's more than 100 miles. I have heard that. So I'm, I'm, I'm finalizing the route right now. I may consult you for, uh, for feedback. Yeah, because I've done the Cincinnati to Cleveland route, and it was it's definitely more than 100 miles between Columbus and Cincinnati, but it's flat, and if you're lucky, you'll have a tailwind the whole way, but that sort of never happens, does it? Well, and apparently it's, a lot of it's shaded as well um, if you ride on the trail uh, for a majority of it, which I hear is nice. Yeah, yes, you're right. A lot of it is shaded, which makes it a lot cooler. And it's flat because it's an old railway line. And stop in Loveland for for lunch. 
Perfect. <laughs> so for me, mine, I'm going to ride 5,000 miles this year. And I'm going to do, I'm also going to do, I think like you mentioned, I'm going to do a couple things with other people. For example, uh, Dave Cohn, chief medical officer of the James, we just recorded a podcast yesterday. Dave says he's going to ride 200 miles in a day. And so I'm going to join him for that. I'm not sure if it'll be the whole thing, but at least part of it. He's doing loops from somewhere in his neighborhood. And I think he lives near you. So you're welcome to join Dave for a, a few loops if you'd like. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Um, I create, I went on Facebook and have a list of others who are going to, um, of what their My Pelotoni is. But do you want to share some first? Because you've, you're, you're so well connected with the Pelotoni community. What have you heard? I mean, we, we are hearing from so many people that have just the most creative goals. I'll give you a few examples. Um, Zihai Lee, who's the new uh, director of the Pelotonia Institute for Immuno-Oncology, uh, he's going to ride 20 miles per day for 20 straight days leading up to uh, the weekend in August. Uh, Bill Farr, who's the CEO of the James, he's going to ride 43 miles, signifying that he's been treating patients at the James for 43 years, uh, which is really uh, powerful. Um, my good friend Kelly Mooney, who uh, incidentally her husband Scott has ridden every mile of every year, um, she is going to walk 26.2 miles. She's going to walk a marathon um, as part of her uh, Pelotonia goals. Um, we have somebody who's going to ride 1,000 miles in the month of August, Mike Buckner. Um, Patrick Rogers, who um, has an amazing story. Uh, he's going to play as many holes of golf in a single day as possible um, while walking the entire time to see how many miles he can walk uh, the, the golf course. Um, so we're really, we're seeing like just the most creative ideas. And it's, again, it's been inspiring. And like you, I, I look forward to joining uh, a lot of our community members. One thing I'll mention, my colleague, uh, Eric, is going to run for 24 hours straight. Um, much like David Cohn, he's created a loop from his house that's four miles, so he can sort of swing by and get Gatorade or whatever he needs, you know, sort of every uh, every loop. And we'll join him for part of that, and members of the community can join him for part of that. And so there's just so many creative ideas. Is this the Eric who works in your office? Yes. Okay, I, I may have to join him too, because another one of my things, I'm going to do a podcast, my, one of my James podcasts on everyone's My Pelotonia. Awesome. So to share that. So, and I did reach out on Facebook to some friends to ask what they're doing. So here's the couple. And like you said, it's really creative and inspiring. Brenda Ribble, uh, she's going to ride the Ohio to Erie Trail, uh, raising $10 per mile, which is 3260 And the Ohio to Erie Trail is what you'll ride to Cincinnati. So if you want to turn around and come back, <laughs> maybe you'll see Brenda on the way. Uh, Kevin McGlone, he's going to ride 800 miles before August 8th to mark his eighth year riding a Pelotonia. He wants to raise 10000 and he wants to get a Pelotonia-themed tattoo. <laughs> a lot of people get Pelotonia tattoos, don't they? They do. They do. Uh, Keith Kuhn, this is my 12th year that the Hope Peddlers will participate in Pelotonia to honor and remember my sister Connie. My Pelotonia will have 12 Remember Connie days where I will compete six half marathon runs, 
or ride six 50-mile rides. So again, I think you, the theme of doing things in honor of people who have, in the midst of their cancer battles or in recession who have passed away is always on people's minds and very important in why we do this. Uh, Terry Evans, uh, she's going to ride 480 miles virtually on the Camino del Santiago trail by the end of August and to bring a new rider to Pelotonia. I've accomplished half of my goals, the new rider. That Camino del Santiago is a pilgrimage trail from the, the western edge of Spain all the way into France, something I would love to hike or mountain bike one day. <laughs> uh, Eric Tippett, this is a good one. He's going to ride both sides of the famous Reynolds Road climb 12 consecutive times. So up one side, down the other, back. I'm not sure if that means 24 times. All, or that's 12 times altogether, not, so, but it's really up 24 times, I think. Uh, and that will result in one foot of elevation climb for each person diagnosed with cancer every day, which he estimates to be about 4,800. So I... Uh, he, Facebook messaged him back. I'm going to try to join him on that one. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, Susan Kondracki, who you know, she used to work at Pelotani. She's going to ride 20 20 mile bike rides with friends and family in June and July. And her goal is to raise $10,000. Rich Broderick, another Pelotani captain, he's going to ride to Cincinnati on July 25th and ride back on July 26th. So you may see Rich along the way. And his fundraising goal is 2,500. Mike Perry, the captain of Team COPC and the doctor. Uh, Mike says that each month from June through October, I will raise 400 for Pelotonia, volunteer in our underserved community, and ride a 100-kilometer ride and lose four pounds. So, okay. Um, Jenny Nelson-Moorhead, riding for my friend Laura Bishop-Lewis, who kicked cancer for the second time and just completed 13 months of treatment. I'm riding 130 miles during Pelotonia weekend, raising 1,300, and planning to ride 13 miles with her friend Laura this year. And let me read two more, because they are. They're, they're really inspiring and get you thinking about what else you can do. Kathy Disher uh, is going to ride either indoors or outdoors 135 miles every week through Pelotonia weekend, riding in honor and memory of her patients at the James Mix ICU. This year, I've selected four patients whose combined age equals 135. I will also climb the James Stairs, that's a lot of stairs, 19 times in honor and memory of the young girl who I rode for in my first Pelotonia in 2016, who was 19 at the time. And I will raise $5,000 mainly by baking my homemade cookies. And our last one's from Amanda Hornacek. I am riding 100 miles in the first 10 days of August, climbing the 21 flights of the James Stairs once per week in honor of our patients and staff. And then lastly, I'm running four different 5Ks in honor of four very special survivors in my life. So there you go. That's amazing what you've, cre you've, you've created this outlet for creativity and challenges for people that I... I, and I think you're right to continue this. This is genius. Well, I wish we could take credit for it. I think it really speaks to the community and it speaks to people's affinity for setting audacious goals and doing something um, as part of a community that wants to, 
wants to change the outcome for people with cancer. So it's inspiring to see, and I can't wait to, to go out and, and, and sort of live some of this with people and, and see people achieve great audacious goals. You know, I've been thinking a lot about the history of Pelotonia recently, and I remember talking to Tom Lennox, your predecessor, before the very first ride, and he talked about how this wasn't just a bike ride, it was creating a community of people who will come together, and I was a little skeptical and cynical, but he was right, and this is one further evidence of, of that and what you just said. That I'm just always amazed that even in difficult times, the Pelotonia community is just so inspiring and so together. Yeah, look, I think people realize that this is a, the need is growing and people are being diagnosed every day, even amidst everything else going on in the world. And the federal funding has not uh, dramatically increased. In fact, in some ways it's, it's gone down if you factor in inflation. And so the fact that we can commit 100% of every dollar we raise to research at the James um, is, is important. And it's, it's more than important. It's critical. And, and uh, you know, again, you can imagine that even after this year, having both the ride and the My Pelotonia platform and engaging people in a new, uh, robust way, whether they're here in, in Ohio for the ride weekend or not, that's something we're excited about. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing everything and thanks for creating my Pelotonia. I'll, I'll see you out there maybe at a safe distance, maybe during Dave Cohn's ride, or if you want to try to climb, climb Reynolds road 12 times, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. So I'm in for any or part of that. <laughs> okay. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.